Well, this morning we are continuing our study in the study of the practices of the church. And one uh, very, very important aspect, and I don't have a lot of voice. Uh, my voice is pretty much raspy and going away quickly, so uh, we'll try to make it through. That's why I carried the water up with me this morning. So you definitely have a dry preacher this morning in more ways than one, I'm sure of that. Um, but let's turn to Hebrews chapter 2 when dealing with the, the gifts of the Holy Ghost, so the gifts of the Spirit, Hebrews chapter 2 and starting at verse number 3. It says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken of by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. Now that last few words there are very, very important. And in fact, a lot of what has been perpetrated in the body instead of causing unity in the body, has caused division in the body. You see, the the whole basis of spiritual gifts is is not to isolate us and and put us on some sort of a podium and and look, I have this this gift of giving and and I've been bestowed upon with great abundances of wealth and and look at me, so to speak. That's the very attitude that goes in like a giant wedge. I remember splitting wood as a kid and you would put this wedge and you just drive it a little bit and you'd take a sledgehammer and you whack it and it just blew those two pieces apart. And that's exactly what happens in the body. When we begin to take out of context what God had left for us as a gift to bring us together, to unify us, rather than separate us. And it's all according to His will. And we've got to keep that in mind as we go through this. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Of course, if you want the, 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 the lineup in the Word of God as far as gifts is concerned, remember 12, 12, 4, 4. 12, 12, 4, 4. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, and Ephesians chapter 4. And so you can go through 12, 12, 4, 4, and you can get a pretty good idea of where the, the, the message of, uh, concerning the gifts is. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's begin reading. And uh, a real nice outline was developed by our brother Randy Amos, and it's so it's so good that... Man alive, I mean, why, why try to reinvent the wheel? This guy laid it out, and I, I enjoyed it. I sat and went through it in, in accordance with his outline. I enjoyed it so much, I thought, well, what am I going to do? I want to put my signature on something? I don't need to put my signature on something. So we're going to use that as a basic formatting. But let's begin reading then at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts. I want you to realize that that word gifts is not really in there. 
that's why I went to Hebrews chapter 2, because there it says gifts of the Holy Ghost. And so we know that they're referring back to that. But actually, if you were to translate this in its purest form, you would say, and regarding spirituals. Spirituals. Now, how we've taken spirituals and cast them out of their context, and somehow it becomes me, 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 all about me. I don't know, but that, that's the, the literal translation is, now concerning spirituals, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. The word gifts isn't even there. You know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I, ge- I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed, and, and no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. Now there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. So if there is the same Spirit, then there should be unity. The problem is, if you look at the body of Christ, and and when Larry was here, he made it very clear that the body of Christ is not this locality. You know, we are just a, a small little outworking of that body. I believe that all that there is to function as a body is here in this local fellowship. And, and that's why it says in the Word of God where it says, pray for the better gifts. You need to pray for uh, the more effective gifts. Now, some would say to that, why, then I need to pray that I'm a prophet. I need to pray that I have the gift of teaching. Because, you know, those are the guys that are up front and, and everybody sees them and wow, 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 we can really wow people. Man, have we lost the perspective. The Word of God doesn't even say that. It says, as an assembly, you Corinthians, I want you to pray for the best gifts, for the gathering. So the church had been brought together by Paul. They'd come together and now pray that God would equip this church. It didn't say, oh, Lord, please make me a prophet. Make me a teacher. I want to be a teacher so bad. I just want... That's not what it says. You see how we can take things and we can get them so distorted? He was saying to this, this new church, Corinth, listen, you, you need to pray that, that God would equip. He would equip so that you can function as a, a local gathering of the universal body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so that's, that's what he was saying. And it says this, Now there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversity of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given the Spirit of the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge, and to the same same Spirit, and to, to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. And and to another, discerning of the spirits. And to another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of the tongues. You notice what follows the tongues. What follows the tongues is interpretation of the tongues. There's been a lot of abuse as far as 
that all is concerned. But all these work that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and have many members, and all the members of that body one, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by the one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Now there's been no more separation than on this particular issue. The baptism of the Spirit. The Word of God never teaches that that's an ongoing process. The baptism of the Spirit is that which takes place when we are saved. Now we know that there's the filling of the Spirit. Now that's different. And, 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 and when you hear certain groups and they say, uh, we're praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Huh. That sounds like a good thing to pray for because if you're praying for that, you're not saved yet. And boy, you better get praying before the Lord comes back. The baptism of the Holy Spirit in accordance with the teaching of the Word of God is that which takes place one time when a person recognizes he's a sinner and reaches out to the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation he has offered. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the filling, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. Let's turn, if we could, real quickly, and I didn't really want to go here right off the bat, but maybe it needs to be gone to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is its excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, you see, this is the... The, the, this is what they must be talking about. When they're sitting around and, and they're waiting for this uh, magical baptism, uh, that, that's a misnomer. We're to be waiting for the filling of the Spirit. But is it the Spirit that, that we need to cry to? Do we need to sit around and say, Spirit, please come to me. Please uh, fill me. Please move me. Make your presence felt in me so others can see the realities of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't need to pray that way. What you need to pray is that that you would be open. Spirit, change me and make me more filled with you. You see, it's not the idea of the Spirit. The Spirit, He's right there. He's waiting. Where does the Spirit dwell? He dwells within us. If we're believers, if we've been baptized by the Spirit, He dwells within us. So the Spirit's right there. It isn't that the Spirit is saying, is saying, well, I don't feel like being there right now. I don't feel like being active right now. That, that's not the way it works. What's the problem? The problem's not the Spirit. The problem's me. I'm the problem. I'm so consumed by everything around me that, that I don't take time to be holy and separate and allow the the Spirit to fill me and influence me and cause me to to recognize even that person that I'm working with all the time. And I become hardened to the fact that they're not even saved. 
that person's not even saved. I don't need to speak in tongues to him. I need to tell him about the Lord Jesus Christ so that he can be baptized by the Spirit. You see, this is where it gets all messed up in our brains. And, and, and hence, we have all these divisions. We're, you know, the, the, the spiritual gifts, that's, that's the charisma, right? That's the, that's the Greek word, charisma. And so that's where they get the word charismatic. Well, my question is this. What happened to the name Christian? That's what the Lord called us. Why are we taking on this name? Well, we're charismatic. I'm not, I'm not going to take that as my name. I'm a Christian because I want to be uh, uh, linked to the Lord Jesus Christ. My emphasis is not on spiritual gifts. My emphasis on, is on the giver of the spiritual gifts, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see how that can get all twisted? And now all of a sudden, the emphasis on, is on experience. My emotions begin to take over. And, and, and that becomes a telltaling sign of spirituality. That's bunk. You see, the, the, the whole drive should be on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gifts are important. I'm not, I'm not minimizing the gifts. We're going to go through them. They're, they're not to be minimized. They're there to equip the body of Christ, and, 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 and to be given out to others, not, not kept for ourselves. So they're there. They're important. But what is the focus? The focus is exactly what we gathered around this morning when we gathered around the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And hence, the division. We have this group. You know, I, you know, am I going to say, you know, you can say that the charismatics, it's fine. Are they part of the body of Christ? You bet they are. are, are by and large, are they, not, not, I'm saying not all of them, but that's the same way it is here. It's no different than it is here. Are they believers in the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, they're believers. But somehow the, the, the fact that we've taken the emphasis off the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and put it on this, this you know, euphoric experiences, we've lost sight. And that's the danger, you see. And so you have those who are called healers. You know that the Bible never ever gives that as it never says, oh, now, you're, you, I'm going to give you the gift of healing, so I'm going to call you a healer. That, that's not biblical. In fact, it, it uses it in the plural form. Those are healings in plural form. Acts chapter 19. You have Paul who's, who's going through it in Ephesus, and, 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 and he, is, he is being able to do unbelievable miracles. In fact, there were handkerchiefs that he would purposely fall out of every part of his body so that when he poured through the crowds, they could grab their handkerchief and get their miracle. You say, wow. That, that's, but remember, the, the Ephesian church had just been established. And, and, and this was verification Verification that what Paul was teaching was truly of 
God the Father. You say, well, why did they go to the Scriptures? You can answer that. There was none. You had the Old Testament, but the, the, the lineup of the church, the way the church is to be laid out, that was Paul's responsibility. So to verify that Paul was truly of God, well, there were handkerchiefs uh, all over Paul, and Paul would just get as many as he could, and he'd just attach them everywhere, so that when he went, went to the crowd, they would just pull out their handkerchief, and whatever disease they had, infirmity they had, would be healed. And go to 1 Timothy. In chapter 5. Now, 1 Timothy is later on. It's later on. This, if he, uh, Acts chapter 19 is early. This is later. Now, what had happened? Because here, Timothy apparently has stomach troubles. Uh, it's, you know, fairly serious stomach troubles. And, and, and he's even to the point where it's hard for him to keep up with Paul. It's hard for him to, to keep up with all the responsibilities that were laid upon him. And, and Paul says this, well, stop drinking water. It's possible that there was some kind of a, a, a something in the water like you would get it in a foreign country. And that's what was causing him the troubles. He says, stop drinking the water, take a little wine for thy stomach's sake. And for thine oft infirmities. Now, I want you to realize something. That, that, that Timothy could have came to Paul and said, give me your hanky, man! I, listen, I got my own hanky. Just hang it in your front pocket and I'll reach by and I'll grab that hanky off and man, my stomach will feel like, man, I can keep up with you because you're really get, you're on the move, man. Paul's a mover. So, give me the hanky. What does he say? Have a little wine. What happened? Here he was walking through the crowd and, and, and there were just hankies falling off him everywhere and people were just getting, they were getting their own miracle. I, I sound like, you know, one of these groups now. They were getting their miracle, you know. And, and now here's a man that's very close to Paul, walking with Paul, ministering with Paul, extremely close to Paul, no one any closer, and maybe a little wine will help. Don't you see? Those miracles, those those sensational miracles were there to validate the activities of the one who was so close to God that walked through a desert for a time to learn of God and these things were poured in the church. So if there wasn't validation, these people would say, well, why are you any more valid in your word than someone else? Anybody could come along and, and say whatever. Well, this is what validated it. The miracles. So we don't have healers. And, and yet, you have individuals who, who well, you know, I, I'm not going to say any names, but it, they, they dress up in, in all white. And you might know who I'm talking about. I don't know. And, and they have a, a really wild-looking comb-over. And they're up on stage now, and, and, and they are supposed, these are healers. That is baloney. Be it well known. They're taking a title that God had never intended. God can heal. Don't get me wrong. And, and there may be individuals who, who, who pray in a way 
that God can uh, 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 take that prayer and, and He can answer that prayer. I've seen people that have gotten healed. I, I've had people that have come to me and they said, you know, I have this thing and, I, and we want you to pray for us. And, and, and so we, we get together and we pray for them. And, and then later on they'll come back and they'll say, you know, I, I feel great now. I don't even have faith enough to even recognize that as a miracle. But it's not me. I can't take the title of a healer. And so the body of Christ is divided. It's divided because they're not looking at the Word of God, what the Word of God actually says. First of all, a definition of spiritual gifts. A spiritual enablement or talent given freely by God's grace. It must not be confused with ability or a, or a, a personal talent. So it's a spiritual enablement. And hence, we get the word charisma. Charisma. It's God's charisma for mankind. It's God's charisma for the body of Christ to build up the body of Christ. Okay? Now, the source of the gifts. Now, this is very interesting because the source of the gifts preaches its own message if we but bother to listen to it. The source of the gifts. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter, to where we just, we, we were there, uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians, Romans, Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> and verse number 3, 12 and 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man, that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. Now he's dealing with gifts later on. So God the Father gives gifts. Now, God the Son, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now, this shouldn't surprise you. And then, of course, the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we just uh, went through that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse... Four, and it says this: Every man praying or prophesying, having, oh, excuse me, that's not twelve, that's eleven. Um, verse four. Now there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. Verse eight: For to one is given the spirit of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. So. You have before you a perfect illustration of what should be the outworking of charisma. You have the Godhead. Do they ever work independently of one another? 
No, it shouldn't surprise us that God the Father's involved, He gives gifts. God the, God the Son's involved, He gives gifts. And the Holy Spirit is also involved in giving gifts. It should not surprise us because there is a unity within that triunity that cannot be broken. It's what should have occurred when the gifts were given to the universal body. Now, we can't necessarily control that. I mean, I don't advocate anybody coming to me and saying, you know what? I need to unify the body. You're not going to do it. Who's going to unify, really unify the body is the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes back and he sets up his millennial kingdom. So our job is, is not to unify the body anymore. That, that, that would be a fall under the name ecumenicalism, isn't it? When we try to bring everyone under the same umbrella. They're not under the same umbrella. Now, there is one that is going to come before the Lord Jesus Christ that is going to put that in action. Now, he's not going to succeed completely like the Lord does, but he is going to try to do that, and that's the Antichrist. So be careful. You're on shaky turf when you start getting this idea that we need to unify the universal body. It won't be done until the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that one who is going to set up his kingdom, rule and reign on this earth, then it's going to be unified. But not until then. And so there's unity within the triune God. That's what was anticipated when gifts were given to men. They're not there to divide. They're there to bring together. So all three are a source when it comes to gifts. Every believer has at least one gift. Go back to 1 Corinthians and chapter 12. Every believer has at least one gift. <clears throat> And verse number 7. Do I have it right here? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So what he's basically saying is that we really don't have any bench sitters here. We really don't have anyone who is simply a part of the audience and, and comes and sits and takes in and whatever, and, and that's it, and then goes home. Now, now I tell you, th this is a tough truth. This is a difficult truth. It really is. Um, as I look around in this room, you can see uh, you know, many different individuals in this room. You all have a gift. Now, I, couldn't, I, didn't, I wouldn't say that if it, if it was just me saying that. In fact, it, my, my natural inclination, if I were to look around with the evidence poured into my brain, if this verse were not here and other verses like it, I would say that, well, you know, gifts are for certain ones, you know. Oh, it seems that, brother, got more than one, boy. He's really good. He's, hey, he's got a load. But there's other people, well, that's not the way it works. Because it's a body. 
You see, the whole principle is a body. You see, God gave us this body. This this is what always gives me. They, they say, well, look at our bodies. It's a perfect illustration. Of course, the Word of God uses it. We're going to see that as we go through here. It's a perfect illustration. Why did He give us our body designed the way it is? You see, I take it the other way. He gave us our bodies so that we can walk around and see the harmony that should be in the body of Christ. Let me give you an illustration. You're up on a roof and you're here. And I did this. I did this. I did this recently with Michael. I was putting in a bearing or whatever. And I had a big hammer, man. I was trying to get a part loose in that car. And I swatted it. And my thumb was where it would shouldn't then. And I'm telling you, it, it didn't just it didn't just like, oh, it's bleeding a little. I had to grab that thing. It was a gusher, man. I mean, it blew it wide open. Now, now, my other hand isn't going to say, oh, wow, you know, I bet that hurt. Yeah, it hurt. My, my feet, they're, they're not even going to say, oh, oh, you know, you just got smashed in the thumb. I, I bet that really did hurt. No, you, you know, you, you get... Now, I didn't do this cause, cause, only because Mike was standing there, but if Mike wouldn't have been standing there, I'd have done this. Because you get up and you start dancing. Oh, man! The, the whole body becomes active in dealing with the fact that you smashed your thumb. The whole body reacts to it. So God gave us this perfect, living, walking illustration that we have to live with every day in order that we can see what the unity of the body is all about. And that's the way it works. The hand doesn't say to the foot, well, hey, listen, I don't need you. You know? And then all of a sudden, the hand is reaching out. I want that. I want that. Could you move a little? No, you didn't need me. I left. You know, you said you didn't need me. The eye can't say, you know, to the hand. or, or we, we get into that. It's right out of Scripture. It's exactly what it is. Because it's a living illustration of the unity of what God had designed into the body. It's an amazing principle, isn't it? So every believer has at least one gift. No believer has then all the gifts. Now we see this too. And, and a terrible abuse of this. You know, we, we, we look to pastor whoever, such and such. Pastor. Or reverend, uh, such and such. Uh, I, listen, I'll challenge you. I'll challenge you. You go in the Word of God, you find me the title pastor. You ain't gonna find it. I'll find you the gift a pastor, an individual who has the ability to come alongside and be an encouragement, someone who's able to build up with the Scriptures, one who's able... That, I'll give you that. But the title part, I don't see it. So, so what happens is we, we, we as, a, as, as a congregation, we bestow upon our pastor all the gifts and then we wait for him to do his dance on the podium, so we can all be entertained. Wow, we lost the whole concept, didn't we? That's, that's like that's like on my feet decided one day, you know, I've had it. Every day, 
You stuffed me in those stinking socks. You put me in those stinking shoes. And at the end of the day, oh yeah, you let me out. You washed me up. You put me in bed. And then the next day, what do I go? Right back into the stinking socks and the shoes again. I quit. So as we walk every day, as our bodies work in perfect unison, my hand is doing exactly what the, the, the mind is telling it to do and all that. We see it in action. It's called unity. And yet, when, when this gift was bestowed upon, it, even in the Corinthian church, what do you get? You get chaos. You get a mess. Because you, you can see them emphasizing what doesn't need to be emphasized and, and pulling up what really doesn't need. And, and meanwhile, it's... Absolute chaos. Because they're not working together. There's not unity when it comes to that. Every believer has a different gift than the other. <clears throat> now here's where, you know, we get this concept that, that we need to seek the best gift. Now wait a second, that, I explained that, right? That, that really is not what that, you think that's saying. That is as a body of believers, see. So, so, so you know, uh, when, when the Lord decides that, that this gift is the one that is perfectly fitted for you, if you buck against that and you try to go somewhere else, something doing something that you're not supposed to be doing because you're, you're doing it and you're taking the place of the person who God had actually put in place to do that, you're doing more harm to the body than you are good. And on the other hand, if you're, you, you sit there and, and, and you do nothing because you just don't believe, I, you know, I'm 47 years old and I really don't know what my spiritual gift is yet. Well, that, that's a bit of a trap. That's, that's not too good either, is it? Because you're keeping from the body something that the body desperately needs. So there is differing as far as the gifts. There's differing as far as the measurement of the gift. Now, let's go to Romans chapter uh, 12 again. <clears throat> We're going to be hopping back and forth. That I just put my marker in there. And that would be the way to do this. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3 and 6. It says... <clears throat> And I say through the grace given unto you to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to but to think soberly according to uh, as God hath dealt to him. Every, I already read this. And then six, having the gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us whether prophesy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And so there are some that are going to be more effective teachers than others are teachers. You may get an individual who is just plain good at teaching children. Is he a teacher? Does he have the gift of teaching? You bet he does. You bet he does. And yet, when he gets up in front of adults, he just kind of falls apart. And, you know, like a wet noodle, he falls on the ground. But he's still a teacher because he's teaching in a capacity that God gave him, and that would be to children. So... There's also differing ministries for his gift. Each believer also has a different activity in which his gift will operate. The question is, do you know your gift? 
Have you been curious enough in your life to pursue discovering what God has given you to do within the body of Christ? I, I fear that, that there, are, there are a good number of people that just feel that, that, that their gift is to make sure that they're there and there's really no real involvement. Get into the Scriptures. Begin to read them. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to get active. You know, God can't steer a car that's standing still. You know, I can stand there and I can, I can steer a car. It drives me nuts when my kids get a hold of the wheel because what it does is it puts a little you know, flat spot on my tire. You know, I don't like that. Things not going nowhere, you know. So am I going left? Am I going right? No, I'm just tearing up my tires. That's all I'm doing. So but once you're moving, then he begins to reveal to you direction. But if you never get moving, there'll never be any real direction given. You must move. <clears throat> and then the purpose of gifts. And uh, this we go... Um, Back to our lot. Actually, you could say 12, 12, 4, 4, but you could say 12, 13, 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. You say, oh, no, chapter 13, well, that's the love. Uh, uh, that, that belongs at weddings. You better read again. Because it, it, is, it is the oil. It is the oil that keeps the whole process moving. If I have automobile parts and, and, and I have an engine... That's together, and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an automobile you know, mechanic by trade, so I kind of go to that a little bit as my illustration. But I tell kids all the time in my class, they say, do you know that the parts inside that engine, they are flying, you know, depending on the RPM that you're putting on that engine, they are flying immensely fast. You know they never touch. How can't they never touch? I said, if they touch for 30 seconds, they'll wipe out. What's between it? oil. Well, that's, that's chapter 13, you see. That's what keeps the whole process honest. If, if someone came to you and, and they said, you know, I'm really feeling really hungry, and uh, uh, can you get me a sandwich? Yeah, no problem. So I go in the kitchen, get two pieces of bread. I bring them out, and I put them on the table, and, and the individual picks up the two pieces of bread, and he says, I don't understand. I, I asked for a sandwich. You just gave me two pieces of bread. Well, you see, that's spiritual gifts without chapter 13. You're missing the meat, the mayonnaise, the lettuce, the cheese. The whole thing that makes a sandwich a sandwich, you don't have a sandwich without chapter 13. I'll tell you, there's a lot of groups out there that are running around trying to show what, what big men am. I have the gift. I'm a pastor. You know, look at me, look at me. That's exactly what we talked in more Romans. Don't think more highly than you ought to think of yourself. You know? And, and by doing that, they're taking the mayonnaise, the cheese, and, and, and the meat, and they're stripping it away. And you got two pieces of dry bread is what you got. And a bunch of self in between. And it stinks. So chapter 13 is not a parenthesis between chapter 12 and 14. It is part 
the, a major part, the major part as far as gifts are concerned. And so there should not be jealousy. See, this is a problem too, and it can be a problem. I, I, I see this maybe a little more amongst young people, but I see it even amongst older people. Too. You know, what, why does he get, why, what, what? Wait a second, who are you talking to? You're talking to him? No, because he was given it. It was a gift. It ain't got nothing to do with him. Who you got to be talking to is God. Yeah, I, maybe, maybe I shouldn't do that. No, maybe you shouldn't. Okay, so th- there can't be jealousy or, or you, you end up with schisms, you end up with divisions within the body of Christ. Now, we're t- I'm talking more primarily of this local gathering right here, which is, again, it's a microcosm. It's a small pictorial of what the big body should look like. Now, we know the big body is fairly divided right now. I mean, you've got the pagans out there, and the pagan will always throw this at you. They'll say, huh, you guys can't even agree on anything. What can you say? You sit there and say, well, no, we do children. <laughs> what can you say? There is that problem. All I can say is, I got a Lord, and He's the Messiah, and when He gets back down here, He's going to do it right, and we are going to agree. Because we're going to all be looking to the same head, the Lord Jesus Christ. But for now, I really can't say too much about that. But we as a body of Christ, we ought not be so. We can come together. We can show how this process actually works very effectively. And, and by it working effectively, you become an instrument to a world that is dying. Because you become more filled with the Holy Spirit. You become more involved in reading the Word of God. The Holy Spirit involves into your heart in ways that you see that individual that you're working for a lot more differently than you might have otherwise seen him. Before you see him, you say, man, that guy drives me nuts. Drives me crazy. And I do that. That's me, you know. You know and, and then, you know, you feel really bad. Oh, I feel really high. And I got to try. Here, take this. Get out of here. You know. That's not the filling of the Holy Spirit. That's a lot of me is what it is. And when we drag that me into this local gathering, this local fellowship, we get into big, big problems. And the time is a big, big problem. I didn't realize how late it was. <clears throat> what am I going to stop there? And this evening, uh, I want to encourage the, the men folk uh, to, to, if the Lord is laid on your heart, you're, you're into the Word of God on a daily basis. Man, I tell you, if you're into the Word of God on a daily basis, and you're not just, you know, you pick up a chapter, you go, blah, 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 I'm done. If you're doing that, well, then you probably not have much to share. But if you're actually reading the Word of God and allowing it to, to really move into you, I'll tell you, you're going to have something to share. So tonight, I want to encourage the men folk to be a part of that. Try not to take more than about 10 minutes that we can get more individuals up and maybe I may mention a couple of these things that I haven't gotten to here um, this evening as we come together let's unify let's break the rules because the rules are it divides I hate to say it but that that's what normally happens we need to unify. Just like the triune God is completely unified in all that they do there's nothing 
ever done of an independent nature. It is all in a dependence upon each other. We need to come together and we need to depend upon one another. I am convinced that we may return to Acts chapter 2 before it's all over. Acts chapter 2 is when they had all things in common. We may return there. And you all may be the best friends that I have on this earth. As one preacher said, I hope that there's a lot of people in here that got their mortgages paid off. I don't. They'll be my best friends, you know. We may come together and unify. Before this is all over, it could get really nasty. Now, if we're divided, before you know what's going to happen? If it gets nasty, we'll stay divided. They'll keep walking. If whenever these doors open, the first thing we do, I'm getting out of here. I don't, yeah, I might run into brother so-and-so. I don't want to talk to brother so-and-so. At the door I go, man. If that's the attitude, then when push comes to shove and things really get tough, and I'm telling you, it's coming. Instead of coming together, as they did in Acts chapter 2, you're going to go apart. So, that's all part and parcel of the unity that should be here amongst us brothers. And by that unity, we can be a witness to the world around us because there's anything but unity out there. You talk about divided. That's pretty divided. Let's pray. <clears throat> Our God and our Heavenly Father, we thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ, he died for the whole world to prove that he doesn't desire schisms and divisions and one party in, one party out. For God so loved the world. Our Father, we, we would just pray that we would unite under the head. And the head is the Lord Jesus Christ. We would look to him. And we stop looking at each other and, and, and wondering what the other guy's got or what doesn't have. Or this, but rather that we look to the Lord Jesus Christ, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Our Father, part us with thy blessing. In the Lord Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen.